Hi there, welcome to another episode of the Rest-Based Weight Loss Podcast Series. I am your host, Lene Urban, and I want to talk about keto. I want to talk about a few reasons why I don't recommend a ketogenic diet. And before anybody comes for me, I just want to say that I I actually favor, I'm biased toward keto. I'm biased toward eating ketogenic diets. I personally, in my own weight loss journey that I started four years ago, when I switched to more of a ketogenic style of eating, that's when my results uh, just accelerated exponentially. Um, and I, I, I favor moderate protein, high fat, low carb. I, I favor that kind, that style of eating. And I feel like those that love keto and that are really successful on keto, I equate keto fans like Beyonce fans. Like (laughs) if you are a non-Beyonce fan and you say something critical about her, I feel like the the Bayhive, I feel like Beyonce fans just come for you. I feel like keto people are like that too. (laughs) Like if you're not all gung-ho keto, I, I feel like, you know, I've seen it. I've seen keto fans jump all over any sort of criticism. So don't come for me, okay? But I I do want to address, there are people out there that that have tried keto. They've tried going keto uh, and it hasn't worked for them. And I want to talk about why that is. Like, I want to give you guys a voice in this episode and explain to you why. Explain to you why it didn't work for you, why you haven't been as successful as others, why it's not sustainable. I want to talk about that in this episode, okay? Um, But like I said, first, my name is Lene Urban. I am a certified nutrition consultant, stress management coach. I'm a lifestyle coach. And rest-based weight loss is a lifestyle strategy that gives you the tools you need to lose weight effortlessly and keep it off forever. So that's how, that's the lifestyle, the rest-based weight loss kind of lifestyle is a lifestyle strategy that I adopted four years ago after struggling with my weight. I struggled with my weight for eight years, off and on in between my pregnancies. I I mentioned in yesterday's episode that I gained with my first daughter, I gained 40 pounds. With my second daughter, I gained 60 pounds. With my third daughter, I gained 50 pounds, okay? So in between these pregnancies, after losing the little bit of, you know, weight that just naturally comes off after you give birth, the the amount of stubborn fat and stubborn pounds that stayed on at the end of each pregnancy, those increased increment, incrementally, incrementally with each pregnancy until I found myself after my third daughter and, you know, I was like, okay, we're done. No more kids. I got to get this fat off of me now. Um, I had been trying so many different things and everything failed. Nothing allowed me to sustain the weight that I was able to lose if I happened to find something that worked. But four years ago, my life kind of transitioned when I discovered that this was a health thing now. I started getting sick, my emotional eating, my food addiction started to impact my health, and I decided to, you know, transition my focus from just losing weight and getting off the baby weight to 
changing my lifestyle, changing the future of my health and, and being healthy. So uh, the strategy that I found that allowed me to lose the weight that I was able to lose, which was in a, about a five to six month period, I was able to lose 33 pounds. But more importantly, because I don't feel like the pound, I don't feel like that's a, a big number. I think the biggest thing was the, the amount of inches that I lost around my body and the body fat percentage. I started off when I when I measured everything, I started off my body fat percentage was around 31%. And then when all was said and done, I had gotten down to about 19% and maybe a couple percentage points underneath. Um, and I did that within you know, about five to six months, but the most amazing part of the journey was the fact that I've been able to sustain those results. And that's what rest-based weight loss is all about. It's all about sustainability. It's, it's not about finding what works for you in order to lose weight, like starting a ketogenic diet. It's finding what works for you in order to sustain the weight loss. And a couple reasons for that. I think the biggest reason are, are health reasons. If you find something that allows you to lose weight, but you can't sustain it, then every time you keep trying and failing to lose weight, like you keep losing weight and gaining it back and losing weight and gaining it back, you're actually doing some serious damage to your metabolism and maybe even some of your, your organs too. You may be on like en route later on down, down the road and later in your life to uh, contract some sort of chronic disease some sort of life-threatening disease as a direct result of rapid weight gain and rapid weight loss repeatedly over an extended period of time. So for health reasons, I mean, not to mention all the other um, psychosocial emotional reasons behind all of this, but for health reasons, we don't want to keep doing the yo-yo. We don't want to keep doing the up and down, okay? If we want to lose weight, then we want to make sure that we find the strategy that's going to allow us to maintain that weight loss. And that's what rest-based weight loss is all about. So if you want to submit a question or a comment, or you want to submit your story to me, and you would like me to address it in one of these episodes, I would love to. You can go to operationfixmylife.com slash question and answer, submit that, and I'll address it in one of these episodes, okay? All right, so let's talk about keto. Once again, don't come for me. I don't come for me because I am biased toward keto. I believe uh, that the combination of like an intermittent fasting lifestyle in addition to eating keto is the, the most effective, most efficient, and, and probably the healthiest path that you can go down in order to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Why? Because eating a ketogenic kind of lifestyle along with uh, intermittent fasting, that's essentially like kind of placing us back, going back in time to the way that our hunter-gatherer ancestors ate and the lifestyle that they lived. So I personally am kind of like, you'll get to know this about me. I'm also a little bit of a hippie, okay? stick it to the man, kind of anti-establishment. <laughs> like None of that really comes out in regular conversation, but just the way that I feel in my heart, you know, I really believe that our path forward as a society and as a culture actually needs to go back all the way to the beginning. 
And so I, I'm a huge fan of any style of eating that mimics the way that our hunter-gatherer ancestors ate because they were able to, if they were able to survive the elements, you know, and not lose their lives because of the elements, they were able to live long, healthy lives all the way to the end of their lives without any diseases or sicknesses or, you know, uh, struggling with weight. And what was diabetes back when our hunter-gatherer ancestors roamed the earth? Those things didn't exist. So now that we have an advancement in medicine, now that we have uh, just all these technological advances where we can now, you know, survive through the, the, the elements that took out our ancestors long ago, now that we have access to those things, I believe that a combination of access to technological and, uh, and medical advances with repeating and living the lifestyle that our hunter-gatherer ancestors lived will result in really long, prosperous lives, full of health, full of vitality, you know? And that's, that's essentially what I want for myself. And for those that also want that for themselves, you know, what I do here and what I talk about and the tools that I give, the support that I provide, the people that I work with, the people that I coach, you know, I, I, my goal is to teach you how to find that. So kind of going back to keto. So like I said, don't come for me because I believe that keto is the way. But for some people, I have specifically spoken to some people who have tried keto for a certain period of time, whether that they only got through it for like a few days uh, they might have, they got, they got through it maybe a week, five to seven days, they hit the keto flu and then they were like, forget this, <laughs> I need carbs, you know, and, and they fell off. I've spoken to some people who got through the keto flu. And for those of you that don't know what keto flu is, uh, if you are, are heavy, if you're a heavy carb consumer, starch consumer, sugar consumer, and then you just cut all those things out and you start eating keto, um, people experience flu-like symptoms as their bodies adapt to this style of eating. So, and they call it keto flu. So there are some people that experience keto flu. They get there and they're like, uh, nope. And they, and they quit. There are some people that get past keto flu and they start feeling good. And they get to about week four or five. And then something happens. They just eat one piece of bread and before they know it keto is out the door all of the carbs are back in and then there are some people that get past that point and they keep going they get to like month three they get to month three and it's like something happens they hit a plateau you know they they've they started losing a whole bunch of weight for three months they hit a plateau their weight starts to slow down other circumstances, you know, move them toward carbs, chips. For example, in yesterday's episode, the Q and A, um, the the person that wrote in and submitted a Q and A form to me, she said for her, uh, you know, she was doing keto, exercising for an hour a day, got down to her goal weight, and then it was Christmas. It was Christmas that hit, and after Christmas, all of the delicious carbs and cookies and all those things came back and there was a rapid progression back up toward 
uh, her weight with her weight coming back. So there's some people that can survive a few months and, 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 you know, hit a plateau, hit a blocker and, and then go tumbling backwards. And then there are some people that, you know, make it past a few months. They keep going, they keep going, they keep going. And eventually, and, and before you know it, eating a ketogenic lifestyle is just the way that they're living. They're able to sustain that. It, they, they get to six months and then a year and then, and, and you know, a year and a half, two years, two and a half years, three years go by and eating, eating a ketogenic diet is no longer a diet for them. It's just the way that they're living. I want to tell you something, okay? For those of you that fall in the first bucket where you haven't been able to make it past three to six months, I want to tell you the reason why you can't, why you can't make it as far along as some of your friends, coworkers, family members, random Instagram, you know, people on Instagram, fitness experts that have been doing it for years and look amazing and feel amazing. The reason why you can't walk down that same path as them is because those people were, are actually biologically, uh, those people are, are biologically conditioned toward running on fat, protein, fibrous vegetables, low carb, they're more genetically predisposed to that style of eating. And I want to tell you what I mean by that. There are four sort of major neurotransmitters that every human, that every human we all produce. And some of us produce more of these neurotransmitters than others. So the four major neurotransmitters that I talk about and that I'll, I'll be talking about in these episodes, the four major neurotransmitters that uh, most guide the way that we treat food and, and guide our choices and cravings for certain foods are dopamine, serotonin, GABA, and acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter that needs fat. Acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter that requires fat in order, uh, fat for energy, for brain function, for those types of things. I would bet, okay, I would bet that people that do well on ketogenic diets over the long term, I believe that they produce a lot of acetylcholine so that by eating a higher fat diet, they're working with the hormone, the neurotransmitter that they naturally overproduce. So they naturally overproduce acetylcholine and because they overproduce it, their bodies actually need the fat in order to function. And because they're giving their bodies what it, what their bodies need, then their body rewards them by, you know, by raising, uh, sort of, by raising, uh, reward signals and raising reward hormones and, you know, just, and they feel good. For me, I happen to overproduce acetylcholine. 
I happen to produce a lot of acetylcholine. And so the reason why I, when I shifted my diet to more of a ketogenic diet, the reason I was able to sustain it, sustain it through achieving all of you know my weight loss and, and sustaining it over the long term, the reason why I was able to do that was because I overproduced acetylcholine. I was giving my body what it wanted. I was giving my body what it needed at every meal. I was having healthy fat at every meal, okay? If you, so if you're someone that produces a, a, an even, a balanced amount of acetylcholine, if you produce just the right amount, then increasing your fat intake is not gonna do anything, at least for your body's sake. Your body is gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is nice, as opposed to me, and others who overproduce acetylcholine, our bodies take that and it's like, yeah, I can take this, I can run with this, we can do this, we can conquer the world with all this fat. With you, because you produce just enough on your own, you don't need any help, you don't need any extra fat, you produce just enough. When you give your body the extra fat, your body is like, oh, okay, thanks. I'll just take this and maybe store this somewhere. You know what I mean? So it doesn't do anything for you. There's no reward. There, there's nothing, you know, that, that happens that allows you to uh, see results and sustain those results. However, I would bet that those of you that struggle with not being able to stick to keto because you love your carbs. If you've tried keto in the past and you have just fallen victim to like the carb binge, you love your carbs, you love your sweets, you love your desserts, you love, you know what I mean? It's like you can't sustain, you can't sustain a low carb, low sugar, low starch diet because you love it. Then for you, you have either some sort of imbalance with your dopamine neurotransmitter and or your serotonin transmitter neurotransmitter dopamine if you don't produce enough dopamine or you overproduce enough dopamine where your body needs it dopamine is elevated and and sends reward signals when you consume sugar likewise serotonin if you underproduce it or overproduce it meaning your body needs it serotonin is released and reward signals are released when you consume carbs. So do you see what I'm saying? If a person who has been doing really well on keto, they're years in, it's their lifestyle, it's the way that they eat, they love it. They don't miss carbs, they don't miss sugar, they don't need any of that stuff. The reason probably why they do so well and they're so successful is because of their acetylcholine production. They probably overproduce acetylcholine. And you know what? They are probably balanced in serotonin and dopamine. Their bodies probably naturally produce enough dopamine and enough serotonin where their bodies don't need the sugar and don't need the carbs like you do. Do you see what I'm saying? So the easiest way to be able to know whether or not 
you can be successful and sustain a ketogenic diet is to do like a quick self-examination and say, okay, what do I crave? Do I love sweets? Do I love desserts? Do I love sugar? Do I love chips? Do I love french fries? Do I love potatoes? You know, do I, do I love my carbs? Do I love bread? Do I love pasta? Do I love chocolate? Do I love dessert? Do I love cupcakes, brownies, and ice cream? If the answer is yes, then you probably have an imbalanced production of dopamine and or serotonin. And starting a ketogenic diet, okay, will further throw that imbalance, will further perpetuate the imbalance of dopamine and serotonin. And the longer you try to force your body to accepting fat, which, you, you know, your body's like, I don't, I don't need this. I don't need the fat. I need the sugar. I need the carbs. So the longer you fight against what your body actually needs, then <laughs> once you finally do fall off the wagon and start and have a little bit of carb or have a little bit of sugar, it's over. It's over. Okay? So here's the thing that I want to say. And this is a... This is, this is my belief. Of course, this is, I mean, this isn't based on any like official white papers or, you know, peer reviewed studies or, or anything. This is just based on the information that I've learned about neurotransmitters and how our neurotransmitters impact the way that we eat, impact the way that we're able to sustain a certain t- a style of eating. So this is what I've, this is the theory that I put together based on the people that I've been working with. Now I did a a Facebook live video about this, uh, several weeks ago. And, uh, there was someone who, uh, came onto the video and said that she actually does crave sugar. She loves sugar. She loves sweets. She loves desserts. She loves those things. And so it was like, well, how does your theory hold then? Because I love sugar, I love sweets, I love desserts, yet I started a ketogenic lifestyle. I, you know, I started, I achieved all these results and I'm still eating keto to this day. And this, and somebody else jumped on and said, same here. I've been doing keto for the past several months. I've lost a whole bunch of weight. I, I used to eat candy for dinner, but yet I'm still successful and I'm still sustaining it. So if you're someone who's like, yeah, I I love sweets, I love sugar, I love desserts, but I can eat like, I can eat keto, I still wanna try, I still want to do it. Then my suggestion to you is to look for recipes and strategies where you can have like ketogenic approved type desserts a ketogenic approved type sweet, you know what I mean? Like indulgences where you're able to have like low carb versions of your favorite sweets and your favorite desserts. 
So when those two people like jumped into the Facebook Live and said, I love sugar, I love sweets, I love desserts, yet I've been able to sustain the ketogenic lifestyle for this period of time, my question was, are you currently eating or making for yourself like keto approved desserts and alternative versions to the sweets and the desserts that you used to give up? And their answer was yes. So in my mind, the people that love sweets and love desserts and love sugar and love their carbs, the reason why they weren't able to sustain a ketogenic lifestyle like some other people are is because they did not know that they could actually create keto alternative versions to the foods that they missed and the foods that they love and the desserts and the sweets and the carbs and those things. So if you're someone that's listening right now and you're like, yes, I love sugar. Yes, I love sweets, but I really feel like keto is, is, is for me. I really want to eat a ketogenic lifestyle. Or maybe you have already started eating keto and you're doing well, you're losing weight, but every once in a while you get like a craving for carb or sweets. I'm telling you to go into this looking for already creating and already looking for recipes and resources and things where you can make keto friendly style, you know, alternate versions so that you can still get your sweet fix. You can still get your salty, you know, kind of carb fix, but it's still like kind of keto approved. Does that make sense? If you can commit the time, the money, the resources into creating for yourself alternative versions, like keto versions of, you know, the things that you love, then I believe you will 100%, I believe that you can 100% be successful doing a ketogenic diet. But if right now you're a carboholic, you love your sweets, and you're just going to dump, like jump, dive right in to eating keto without any plan of how to keep those cravings, you know, at bay and how to, uh, and how to support the fact that your body actually needs carbs, like needs sugar. If you're just going to jump in without a plan, then this is this the whole entire episode is just a heads up that it might not be for you. It may not be for you. Okay. Is it possible to achieve ketogenic type results without being fully keto? 100%. 100% it is. And for the people that I work with, because I believe so strongly that keto is the way, for the people that I work with and for them, they just can't do it. Like they can't do keto because their neurotransmitters aren't set up to be successful on keto, then there is an alternative way that allows you to achieve the same results as you can going keto and and living a keto lifestyle, but without the deprivation of sugar and carbs. It's a very specific type of strategy that they have to follow. And the thing about it is that that strategy looks 100% different for each individual person based on their metabolism and their lifestyle. So it's, there's nothing out there. There's nothing out in the universe. I don't believe that gives you like a map and a guideline of how to make it work for you. That's something that you have to create on your own. So in an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk about, I think I'm going to call it 
uh, keto tips for carboholics. I think that's what I'll call the episode. And that'll be coming up shortly, okay? So if that's you and you want those tips, then uh, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow so that you can get a notification when that episode goes live. All right. Okay, that's all I have. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, I am your host, Lene Urban. And if you want to submit your question, your comment, or your story to me for this series, then go to operationfixmylife.com slash question and answer. I'll talk to you soon.